0: The magic of, through the magic of radio from the athletic, as I mentioned earlier, I haven't said it in a long time. We haven't talked to him in a long time. He once almost died on this very program. It was the evening. Uh, we are so happy he was able to make it through and uh, survive and become one of the uh, preeminent uh, football writers in all of America. And as I said earlier as well, Jay, you were a witness. Nobody in the world more connected to the 49ers than Fox. the athletics, Matthew Barrows. Good morning, Matt.
1: Not only survived, thrived Five. since then. Really changed my life. Uh, that that near <laughs> near death experience that you were eagerly listening to. We, gleam in your eye. I oh, was scared. Is he gonna die? Is he gonna die? <laughs> uh, this could, I could go national if he dies. Uh,
0: I, I remember staring across at Sean Thomas through the glass. We both – our eyes became as big as pie plates. And that I think it was the point where you were choking. You were choking. You go, Dave? And, and, at, that, at that point, it somebody need to go to Matt's house?
1: You made it, dude. I, I remember where I was. Um, boy, this place doesn't exist anymore because they built a stadium on it, but there used to be a road right down to the 49ers. Facility, and you couldn't do your radio stuff inside the media trailer because it would just drive you yeah. know the other ten people there bonkers. So you'd have to go out into your car. Your car was baking in the sun all day. There's nobody out there. So uh, if I would have choked, that would have been it. No one would have come by and <laughs> and save me. No. Was, uh, you would have been the only witness, but you would be what uh, 120 miles away, right? And and. And the obituary, Matt, would have been horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, would have been uh, very humiliating.
0: <laughs> Died while choking and speaking on the Carmichael Dave nighttime program. <laughs> well, we're all luckier to have you, Matt, and uh, you've gone on to do wonderful things. And I do mean it when I say there's nobody I'd rather. I, I, I'm not saying you know anything about this. Specific... I don't.
1: Right. Yeah, I don't. But let me, just, let me just get that out of the way right now.
0: Sure. Here Here's the thing. Um Somebody, I there was somebody who said this last week. They said, you know, uh, nobody knew about the Garoppolo thing. Nobody knew about the Buckner thing. Uh, they they went on with all these lists of things that nobody knew until it happened with Lynch and Shanahan. Are are my question is simply, are are they kind of trolling right now? Are they just have? What is the point of all these press avails for them?
1: Yeah, I think that they are. I mean, like I wrote uh, a week ago, they've got a healthy amount of rascal hmm. in them. Yeah. Uh, Lynch and Shanahan do. Remember, go, going back to the 2017 draft, man, that was the only time prior to this year that Kyle Shanahan had ever worked out a quarterback. He usually just kind of stays in his film room and does all that there. But he went to North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and he worked out Mitch Trubisky, you know, sending the signal, signal that, oh boy, the, the 49ers are so interested in Mitch Trubisky that the head coach, play caller, who never... Does these things had a workout with him? Well, I mean, it was to induce the uh, the Bears to to move up. Um, you know, and, and the 49ers got uh, some extra picks, and they they did what they wanted to do in the first round. It didn't turn out to be great, obviously. Uh, it was Solomon Thomas and Ruben Foster. But my point being, they are not above some draft day chicanery. You know, some some gamesmanship. To get what they want, I don't. I don't think anything like that's going on here, um, but they they do seem to be enjoying the the fact that they are pulling the strings in this in this draft. And and I, I have to say that the networks probably are too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I have to wonder whether this um, this whole narrative we're hearing now that. You know, it was Mac Jones, but boy, Trey Lance is making a late charge, and, and he could be the guy. I, I, that, that seems a little made for TV to me. We'll have to see. Um, but it just strikes me and my cynical heart as a bit contrived and, you know, trying to gin up some drama um, because we already know who's going first and second.
0: The Athletics, Matt Barrows joining us. Well, speaking of that pick, Matt, like you alluded to, you don't know the pick, but if I had to ask you. Of the three quarterbacks available, presumably Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, if you had to rank one, two, three, which one you think has the most to least likelihood of being a San Francisco 49er, how would you do that at
1: this moment? Yeah, I mean, I'd start with uh, Mac Jones, and and he was the guy, I'm pretty com- confident in saying this now, that he, he was the one that assured them that they could make that big trade last month. That... Uh, At the very least, uh, the 49ers would end up with Mac Jones, and um, Kyle Shanahan was comfortable with him. So he was sort of the impetus for that move, and then the idea was, okay, we do like Mac Jones. Can these other two guys move us off this mark? And that's really the question. Um, And it seems as if Fields is not in the running anymore, but Lance did impress everybody in his interviews with his sharpness his eagerness, you know, the fact that he played basically a a pro-style offense. Uh, And that's that's sort of the question. Has he caught up with Jones to this point? And, um, you know, my guess is that no. Um, You know, the way I see it, there are probably some people in the organization that are trying to um, argue Shanahan to Trey Lance. Um, But uh, if you've watched Shanahan through his career, he's a pretty stubborn guy. And I don't think anyone's going to have any success telling him that this quarterback, really, uh, Kyle, is, is the best one for your offense. I mean, he's going to have a really good idea about which guy is the best in his system. And it, and it seems like his first instinct was Mac Jones. Gosh, I, I would have to think that's very difficult to, to change that instinct.
0: Matt Barrows of The Athletic joining us. Matt, I have a a harebrained theory. I I just want you to tell me how harebrained it might be if you had to guess. Uh, My theory is that the package they sent to Miami is a package. They made a decision that they needed a quarterback, period, and a statement that they needed to eventually, whether sooner or later, move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. So that package they sent to Miami was part of or something like the package they were planning on sending to Houston, maybe a package they would have sent to Seattle that they were going to grab themselves a quarterback, obviously Houston with what's going on with Deshaun Watson off the table. But do you think that package was somehow concocted in a room somewhere to get a quarterback in any way? And it just ended up being the draft or was it simply Mac Jones or whoever it is? This is our guy.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they had a, a formula and they said, okay, let's just whip out the formula when, when we've got a chance. I mean, I, I think that probably evolved in, in talking to the dolphins What's it going to take? Uh, and then they came to that two first and, and a third. But, yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea that we needed to bolster the quarterback room, that was born in the fall um, when Quinn and Williams got past Lakin and Tomlinson and, and drilled Jimmy Garoppolo in the back of the leg. And basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, ended his season or at least disrupted his season to the point where it was impossible for the 49ers to – go back to the playoffs and things like that. And, you know, that was the second time in three years that that happened. And then the 49ers said, okay, that, that, that can't happen anymore. If we're a playoff team, we can't be at the mercy of, of one of those guys going down. So they decided they, they needed to to bolster the quarterback room. Now that would not, that idea, which they've been saying over and over again, we need to insulate ourselves from the, the injury issues that hit that position that doesn't go hand-in-hand with drafting a Mac Jones and then turning around and and sending Jimmy Garoppolo to New England. Because then your your top quarterback or your most experienced quarterbacks are are Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen. I mean, you you seem to be in the same spot or maybe even in a worse spot, really, to to begin the season than you were last year. So I I don't know. I'm a little bit more skeptical than everybody else that Garoppolo is going to get traded um, this weekend or, uh, you know, it might be in training camp after they see something from this rookie. But uh, it seems to me is if, if, if you were looking for uh, protection at that position, you wouldn't uh, trade away your mo- most experienced guy. But um, they are looking for draft picks. I mean, th- that's for sure. They need to recoup some of the ones that they lost, and that's the best way to do it. Well, and,
0: and with Jimmy, and like you said, it may not be draft you know this week, and although you're starting to hear those rumors pick up, if they do decide at some point before Week One to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you think Jimmy's actual value is, and what is fair compensation for him at this point?
1: I mean, it, that's that's where it gets tricky because if there's only one real suitor, it's New England, and Bill Belichick traded uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for a second rounder uh, four years ago. Um, so that's that's sort of what everybody will be judged on. So he can't send a first rounder here because he would look silly in doing so. He would look like he got, you know, he he, lo- he lost uh, the the his uh, his golden touch. And in the same by the same token, the 49ers can't you know send a fourth rounder because then they'd look dumb. So you know, I, I think if if a trade happens, it's going to be some convoluted thing where we're talking about you know, this year's third and the next year's fourth that, they, that can become a fifth and also uh, a cornerback that you'd never heard of. So just to sort of make it as, as gray and as hazy and as hard to really judge as possible uh, because, you know, th- this is what these guys' reputations are, are built on.
0: Matt Barrows of The Athletic with us. Matt, I used this analogy for everyone the other day, and it still is dumb, but I'll use it on you, the – the, the, the risk that Shanahan and Lynch are taking reminds me of when I, I told my wife I wanted to put some money in uh, this Robin Hood stock account. And the look she gave me was, I love you, I trust you, this had better work, or you're going to get it. And I feel like with Niner fans, they love and trust Lynch and Shanahan, and they have good reason. But they have, whether necessarily or unnecessarily, really put their heads on the guillotine. Uh, do you... Is there a pick, Matt, that they could make tonight that would satisfy even half the fan base today?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the anti-Mac Jones rhetoric is so loud yeah. that that the pick w- the pick that would satisfy everybody would be not Mac Jones. So either Lance. Or or fields, I think uh, everybody would be happy with that for sure. And, and you would think that that would buy Shanahan and Lynch more time. I mean, the whole thing about Trey Lance is that you know he didn't even play last season. He's not even 21 years old. Um, he's a moldable piece of clay. You know, attempted only you know 300 and something passes in college, a really low number. He wouldn't be expected. Nobody would be expected expecting him to come in and take over the number one job uh, from day one. So you would have that that uh, that time element uh, built in. You, you would have some leeway. Um, and then the idea would become that it would be that he becomes, over time, somebody like Josh Allen. has a lot of similar qualities to Josh Allen, a guy who, by the way, eviscerated the 49ers this, this past year and really looked like a, a mature Really smart young quarterback in doing so. So I think that that would be a, a real winner. I mean, um, you, you're not you're not kind of forcing the issue. You 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 seem to have a really good game plan because you would have a Garoppolo on hand to sort of bring him along. You would have that quarterback depth that I was just talking about. Uh, so there it, it, it's it, it, there are a lot of ways that you could sell it. Uh, you know, the, the Matt Jones one is going to be. A tough sell for people. Until he gets on the field and starts winning, there's going to be you know, skepticism is too uh, light a word for it. I mean, people don't seem to like this pick at all. And, um, you know, this guy needs to be perfect from the get-go in order to, you know, avoid all that fan rancor that uh, that's going to come.
0: Fan reaction worse for Mac Jones at number three or Kyle Pitts at number
1: three? Oh, Mac Jones at number three. (laughs) Kyle Pitts at number three would be a smash hit,
0: right? Oh yeah. (laughs) Any Any chance,
1: Matt? Any chance? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I put it at point zero (laughs) zero zero three, but it's there. There is a chance. No, that Uh, would be that would be. You know, some people think. I heard this the other night. um, If you put. Davis Mills, the the Stanford quarterback in in the Alabama offense, is he going to be any worse than Mac Jones was? Right. Um, and, and vice versa, if you if you you pulled out Mac Jones and put him in the Stanford offense, would he look a lot like uh, Davis Mills? And the answer, you know, was probably yes. So the the idea is that you take the sure thing, you take Kyle Pitts. You've got Pitts, you've got Kittle. You have this unstoppable. Offense, and you've got, um, and then, then you draft somebody in the second round, like whether it's Davis Mills or Kellen right. Mond. Um, you get your quarterback there, and you just reduce your your risk level to to such a degree. Yes. Um, everybody sleeps better. Yes. It's uh, let's do it's, this. It's, easy. No, on I, that I've tiger. been I've been pushing this for 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 months and months, let's and everybody is always world. like, "It's not going not going to happen, Barrows. Oh. Not going to happen." I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. Jay, true or false? I've been bringing this up for weeks. Oh, my gosh. This has been his favorite
1: storyline. I, I love it. I'm That's like, not existing. I'm like
0: the little bumblebee in the No Rain video by Blind Melon. Finally found other bumblebees. This is so <laughs> awesome. Matt Barrows has the uh, final <laughs> Niners draft thoughts. John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, and the biggest gamble of their 10 years. Seriously, uh, Matt has been a friend of ours since he was covering the Niners for the B uh way back when. Yes, we're both getting a lot older. Uh, I've lost less hair, but Matt makes it look good, Uh, and there truly is nobody I'd rather talk to about the Niners. It's more plugged in than Matt. You should go to TheAthletic.com where they have all kinds, all kinds of subscription specials. It is the uh, best sports investment I make, period, end of statement. Matt, we appreciate it. It's been too long. Look forward to talking to you to uh, break down this draft.
1: All right. Enjoy uh, the draft tonight and on Friday and on Saturday too.
0: Right. Yes, sir. You too. Get some popcorn. Stretch those typing fingers, and we're good to go. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.